0: To whom much is given, much is required. Part of that requirement is sharing. Culture is the heartbeat within our lives, and it's at the core of so many things. While we live in a time when we are starving for wisdom, I welcome you to your wisdom retreat at Culture Raises Us. Yes, yeah, so today's guest, uh, Brandon a uh, multi-hyphenated creative talent. Um, that many may know from his uh, early music career of producing alongside Timberland for artists like Missy Elliott and Demi Lovato. Um, Others actually may know him from his amazing visual art work, some of which were featured just recently in his first, I'm I'm putting out first because we're gonna do many more of these, uh, New York City solo expedition in unison earlier this year. But before I have him, you know, give a little bit more uh, background on his journey, we'll start with the question that sets the tone for our convo here. And it's when you hear culture, what does that mean to you?
1: Um, Man, culture to me, it's, it's really everything for me. It's like the way we talk, the way we dress, um, music, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's blackness, like who I am things I think about. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's all encompassing. It's one of those words is just all encompassing of everything that I grew up around. You know, it's, yeah,
0: everything. I love it. So w- when you talk about what you grew up around and it's everything, this is actually a great moment to kind of maybe give us a little bit more sight, a little lighter sight of, of who you are, a little bit of your your background and your upbringing, because I just, I just skimmed the surface of the dimensions of you and that's one of the beauties of uh, this episode is all the dimensions that you bring to the table but I'd love for people to get a sense of kind of the, the beginnings and a, a couple of layers under that.
1: Yeah, uh, very humble beginnings, single parent home, it's just me and my mom, my grandmother uh, helped raise me. Um, uh, Just very, where I come from a church family, it's always been, I've always been surrounded and immersed with music in some capacity. Sang in the choir, played drums in church, Uh, and when I made it say in the choir, like, I used to go to visiting churches and sing solos and
0: stuff like that. Oh, no, like, you really
1: sang. You really sang. I used to sing back then. Then I lost the (laughs) talent show, and I, like, kind of lost my confidence with singing. (laughs) I was like, okay, maybe I'll just be in the background and do the music, you know? Okay. yeah, Um when I say singing family, I mean aunt sing, cousins sing. Like my cousins, though, they sang, sang. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? and just uncle played instruments. Both uncles. One of my uncles played drums. He's a bishop now. Nice. Uh, and one of my my other uncle played bass guitar, piano, guitar, sings, and you know, he's he's like a. Savant has a genius mind when it comes to like stuff like that and creativity, but i I'm just in then the heritage of the city just being around all of that just the city is the city of Memphis has always been like alive as far as culture mm. um just I understood that and like I'm just very aware that a lot of that even. Not even understanding just it's an, an innate thing that's like like in me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like being immersed in it all coming from Memphis is, you know, I'm just, I just feel like I just come from one of those families where it's like, you know, where they're not like, none of them really pursued it at a high level, but, you know. You ran with it. You ran with it. Super, you ran with it. You know what I mean? Even my grandmother, rest her soul, she used to play guitar and sing, and, you know, with her sisters. Uh, they used to go by the Boone the Boone sisters, and they used to sing. And just you know, I was always around it. I also, I think creativity. Um, well, I'll speak for myself personally. I have these vivid memories of me like imitating like the pastor when the pastor would preach. I remember like walking in the center of the aisles just like you know mimicking the preacher and like i used to always i used to always imitate people And my mom used to yeah. like gas me up to like brand do that thing you remember when you used to uh you used to do uh terry terry's my like she used to be like we used to used to dance like terry do that dance yeah stuff like that you know it's all a part of who i am today you know what i mean which
0: which for me, in getting to know you, makes total sense because I think you are definitely a first for me. Um, and I say that because you're someone who creatively, I think, exemplifies this notion of yes and, uh, b- because of your gift to create, not only visually, but these melodic pictures, but at the highest level, right? I mean, like you're literally excelling in both areas contemporaneously, and I don't think there's ever been an artist like this before, um, before you. Like, come on. So th- there's obviously, you know, I would say there's obviously no reference for what's never been done before, right? But I'd like to know what seed you planted in what I call this culture of multi-hyphenation to be able to kind of deliver against both these mediums at one time.
1: Hmm. Have, yeah that was one of them. <laughs> I think that was the question I was like man <laughs> how am I gonna answer this one because it's such a it's a really good question um I'll just speak to I guess when I set out to do music uh, uh, you know being a music producer I always wanted to be someone who was a pusher of the envelope like it was all about innovation and how can I do the how can I approach this differently, like different drum paddles? A lot of people use 808s. How can I, you know, change up the scope of production in a way that's, like, different? And I have that same approach um, with my art. And I guess innovation was, like, one of those seeds and just being uh, someone who is, like, true self and always just being me, being myself, and mm. not going with the pack. And so, a million people are doing this, and I'm gonna be the one person who's gonna try it this way. And I'm, gonna
0: but not not to just try it a different way to try it. You obviously
1: see and feel
0: something that's bringing you I, to that.
1: This is a culmination of just trying. Because How about that time where art painting, specifically, was like because I tried it before in high school younger like but i was like yo this is this is difficult you know what i mean i just didn't master that thing in my mind where it's like i can i'm just gonna try it and like see what happens and just do my best at it Mm -hmm. or applying myself you know what i mean i didn't know what i didn't grasp that concept like back then when i really needed it you know when i really needed to but um yeah bro trying
0: i love it i love it You know, when when I I had the pleasure actually of coming by your studio in L.A. some months ago um, and and to see a space that was literally built for you to paint and record music was was mind blowing. Right. Mind blowing. Like I I see you have like these huge canvases all around the space. Your paint is splattered in different areas. And then in the the back corner, you had a full on studio set up that was anchored by a piano. And w- when looking at the artwork though, um, I-, I was particularly drawn to how you depicted us, and what I mean by us, people of color. And-, and I remember you telling me the story of of you, your family, and the why, the long necks in your pieces. Can you share mm-hmm. that-, that story? Yeah. Because it's also great to see the painting behind you that you said was your first, and the evolution from that to what I'm talking about
1: exactly um so yeah man those long neck pieces are just it it's just crazy how when you're just in a flow and just working and just trusting trusting god to flow through you Mm. um magic happens magical things happen and i was in that place where i was just completely open to whatever came through to receiving Uh, yeah to receive for sure and then I just did this one piece with just, it was just super exaggerated, super long neck. And I was taken aback when I was fin- when I finished it, like, whoa. And I think I was responding to how powerful the image looked with like this long neck, you know? And I had never seen anything like that before. There are some painters who've, um, you know, paint- painted that before, but I've never seen it in and that that also goes to that it speaks to that um, the spiritual aspect of just being in the moment and allowing God to like flow through you because mm. this, there's a bunch of uh, West African uh, sculptures that depict like the long neck, the long necks, and that's just like one of those things where okay, I'm I'm pulling from a well of something that existed that I never saw before, which speaks to the spirituality aspect of art. wow. But the, wow. or the long necks—it has a general meaning and it has a personal meaning to me, and I'll cover both. It's a podcast. I can just
0: yeah, speak on it, bro. Speak on it. So
1: uh, the general meaning is it's about holding your head high, mm. um, dignity and pride. Uh, but it also has this Afrofuturistic uh, aspect of it, like looking to the future, looking past the BS. Pass whatever's before us and just like you know keeping our eyes on the prize you know what I mean and the personal meaning is just rising up into a more confident person as I mentioned before I used to have a thing with like interviews and speaking publicly and then I just like kind of went in the woodshed as they call it it's like a term for musicians like when they go in the woodshed they just like shut themselves off from the world temporarily to like really practice and you know get it right I feel like I, I, I had that I had that moment where I was just like kind of tucked away and really, you know, working on my craft, just becoming a better painter, but also figuring out the context aspect of it. Like, what am I gonna, you know? Before I found the long neck, the long neck aesthetic, I was in search of um, substance because type of work that I made before was just like it was cool. It was very skilled, very realistic paintings. And I painted primarily with acrylic, but, um, you know, I, I wasn't, I found myself not speaking about them long enough, long as I wanted to.
0: Mm, with depth.
1: Man, Yeah. I, I needed, I was in search of like that depth. So, um, I started painting us people. I started depicting, you know, what, what more substance than to paint our people? You know what I mean? Mm. And then it just became about the psychology of just seeing you, yourself, your likeness in art being represented. And I started like focusing on the importance of of that, you know, and then it just turned into, uh, you know, my pur- I do not even say it turned into my purpose. It was my purpose before I knew it was my purpose. i just right. had to figure that out, you know what I mean? But, but I feel like
0: some of the characteristics here to, that you're talking about with the long neck of the confidence and the dignity, it, it sounds like it was a transition that you were actually going through as well as a person That's when you true. talked about getting more comfortable with being who you are, what you're all about, um, you know, speaking and all that. It sounds like this was the interpretation that you articulated through your art but it was also your journey.
1: Absolutely. It's crazy how it works like that. I used to, like, you know, working with Tim and Missy, being in the studio, man, I knew how dope I was. I knew I was, like, a great producer, but I used to hide myself, and I wasn't one of those Mm. people who just came in the studio with the loud bravado and, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. You know, I wanted my music to... Speak for you. Speak for me, but in this aggressive industry, it's it's competitive and it's aggressive. When you got like five other producers who are like fighting for placements in in a spot, and you the humble kid from you the humble producer from, I said, kid, I was like in my twenties back then. You know, what I'm saying, well, I guess I was a kid, depending, <laughs> on, you know. <laughs> but I'm the humble producer from Memphis. Like, I don't want to lose my spot, so I don't want to say anything to like. You know what I mean? I don't want to lose where I'm at, so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna be super humble and like just quiet and observant, you know. So, I, but you also don't want to miss your moment, though. I didn't want to. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. I feel like because I was, I, that's who they saw me as, you know. I was, I missed some moments. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and it's because of that lack of confidence, like speaking for myself, and like, you know really, um, I um, I believed in myself. Not that I didn't believe in myself. It was just, you know, I just feel like um, back then I was too much of a fly on the wall Mm. and not realizing that I had more, uh, I I, I had opportunities to, uh, you know, be confident and speak and like, you know, it was there. I just wasn't really capitalizing on that and you know that's one of the things in in my in search of space in moment and you know I was like correcting that about myself right right man here we are it's like it's it's beautiful no it's it's so
0: beautiful you went from the fly on the wall to now you are the wall You, you you are the art on the wall you are the soundtrack within the walls and so you could just look at how the evolution of how God works, right? While you you were in those moments that you felt like you missed moments, it was actually your learning and your training ground for right now to ensure that you get to the moment of recognizing that you are the wall. You're the one who's supposed to be literally and figuratively painting these pictures on the wall. And in addition to that, I want you to provide the sound within it, mm. which, which is incredible. And you mentioned something about this, the Afro- futuristic, right? Which I I know is is the category or the label that's kind of on top of your work. Break down what that is and what initially drew you to this form of expression because when I when I think of that the first thing that comes to my mind is what if the Jetsons were multicultural? But that's just that's just me, right? I'd love to hear from you. What does that mean? What does that mean?
1: Well, I I guess I'll go back to like just movies and how we're depicted in like comic books. And I'm a fan of sci-fi. Um, I'll just take one of the older movies, like The Wiz. Like that mo- that's alpha futurism. So mm. the space, how the set is like designed, it's like, where are they? You know what I'm saying? It's like this just mystical. Um, space and time—like you can't even really put a time to it. Aside from, um, like you know, clothing that they're wearing, maybe some of the, the things that they're saying—you can you can pinpoint it to a time and an era. But right, it's one of the most beautiful aspects of Afrofuturism to me—how mystical it is, and like it's a, still kind of unknown and untapped. And it's a um, it's a it's a it's a wide open space today which is crazy because it's 2023 you know we have so many black creators but that Afrofuturism really is my thing and it's something that uh, like fuels my creativity uh, in my music and in my work but it's I just love that the timelessness of it all
0: like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: you can be in the future you can be in the past and a lot of my paintings Speak to that timelessness of Afrofuturism, because I'll take one of my pieces. I did this piece. I did a print uh, release for it. Uh, the title of the piece is "Do Revolutionaries Eat Fried Chicken?" Yeah. It's a. Um, it depicts a. It's like an old school car. I don't even. Man, I can't think of the the car it was, but it's like an old school car. But the car the car is probably like from the '70s. But it's like hovering. It's like a. It's like a floating car. Right. You know? And it's like six brothers in the car. Like one of them got like his arm on the back seat, just like regular, you know what I'm saying? Chilling. Chilling. chilling, chilling. But they got long necks. The car is like, the top of the car is like long, super long. And then you just see like the setting of like the street lights and, you know. But you can't tell if it's the future or it's the past. It's It just exists in this space. Mm. And it, that to me is my uh, contribution to Afrofuturism, it's also a way to, I guess, um, it's also, it's also a way for my work to be viewed as like timeless. You know right. I mean? That's right. So you talk about timelessness. I love that.
0: Th- there's also this notion of th- there's beauty in the imperfections, beauty in the imperfections. When you hear that, what comes to your mind with regards to your work there?
1: Um, man, just jazz. Jazz? Jazz. So (laughs) I feel like my, uh, because I have multiple styles in art, I'll give you, and it's, which is also related to time, because the jazz aspect of it, where I think my style is like jazz, is like it's fast in the moment. It's like me just grabbing grabbing pigment sticks, brushes, dipping it in the paint the music is playing it's the music is like driving it in a sense then there's this where it's like the time is slowed down and it's more it's more like um, you know it's more about the blending and like the which brush I have to use a specific brush for certain parts of it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. slowing time down then but I love um, when it's like in the moment and like Raw, and I think that it it feels like jazz in those moments improvisational jazz where it's like in the now, you know what I mean right it's, it's not so scripted music. you know what I mean where I have a reference I know i I know what I'm looking at the colors I need to use I have my color palettes versus other works of just like you know there's no sheet music there's all we have is now and and my what, what I, I guess I want to make a painting. I don't even know what's gonna come out, but it just comes out. You know what I mean?
0: Do you see how freely you go between visual art and music, and how the two of them true, like they so naturally come together for you? The way you just did that, like no regular person would be able.
1: We can go deeper, man. So okay, there's a, the, another aspect of how I understand painting, which is like. I just want to just zap back in time to look at my old self making beats in a, in a, in a, in a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a little t-shirt, like how I used to be back in my mom's crib, just right beats on my beat machine, you know what I'm saying? I wish I could just look at that young brother and be like, yo, you have no idea how what you're doing now is going to inform Born. your future process. Because yeah. how I structure production and like sonics. It's 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 like a it's like a sandwich. It's like a burger. You know what I'm saying? It's like some people may like fries on their burger, lettuce, tomatoes, some people may want pickles, uh, you know, meat, bun, sesame seeds, maybe. It's like that's how I look at like sounds. Like it's just all about texture and like how they sound and how they respond to each other. And I take that process or how i break that down into like my art as far as like colors and like textures and you know it, it it's i don't even know if i'm explaining that or if that makes sense but no, it's, that's how i understand it in a sense it's like Jay dilla is like my old master because i didn't go to art school you know what i'm saying yeah. art history i don't know much about art history but timberland is my old master Mm. You know, DJ Premier, producers that I looked up to, I know I'm forgetting some names, I can name a hundred who's like, super inspire me knots. Like I know a lot of producers that like, I take from like their process, just to help me make music. I hearken back to that, those thoughts of, you know, how I approach production to how I make music. And I think about it all the time. Even the most basic level, of, like, having an ear for music. Right, right. I don't want an ear, and I can't sit at the piano and play what I'm hearing or to be able to mimic that. But I also have an eye to see detail because I can see the faintness difference in colors. And because of that, I'm able to look at a photo and make this. And obviously, this is from People, the People Weekly, People Mag, 1976. Okay. It didn't look like this. Right, right. I'm able to see the information, think about the information, and take the tools and put it on a white canvas to bring this into fruition. And it's all from my understanding of music.
0: Listen, listen, listen. You you, you have a gift, and you've tapped into this gift, and, and with that gift there's an opportunity for you to help shift and evolve and move things. And so with that, I would ask, what perceptions, what stereotypes, what narratives do you aim to change or evolve through your work? Because, again, you're coming into this with a whole different point of view. Your point of view is not normal like ours. Like Yours is coming, and like I said, it seamlessly you're integrating the two very, very powerful mediums all into one so you have a very unique opportunity here so what what are these things that you hope to change and evolve given that gift no pressure
1: no pressure but pressure so no at all i can't wait i love this song. Black, trauma mm. man, black trauma Mm. i don't want my work to be or to like i don't want to have images that show s- slavery show just oppression and i don't want us to see those images which is why it means so much that the context behind the long neck is uh, you know holding your head high knowing who you are in the world knowing what you've done your ancestors knowing your history knowing how powerful how important we are in this thing you know what i'm saying I don't want to have images that constantly keeps you thinking on what was, mm. and that's that goes back to the psychological aspect of of art um, that I always take account for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you know that's just my own personal personal thing,
0: right? So, so with with that, do you think? Do you think that artists um should play a role a big role in shaping and guiding and pushing society um from a cultural standpoint do do you feel like you have you you have a significant role in that or you should
1: Yep Okay
0: 100% So cuz I mean the picture you just painted was you're being very intentional about the narratives that you don't want to see And you're also being very intentional about the narratives you do want to see. And so with those narratives, there's going to be an influence, hopefully, of some sort that's going to shape and guide and push culture in some way.
1: Take my music, like my album is... And I had said something on my story like, yo, it's very difficult to make cool, dope, positive music in this climate. It's hard to do that because of... The way the the type of music that's being over manufactured and pushed, and just promoted, and what the algorithm picks up, you know what I mean. I don't even know if the if if the algorithm pick picks that up or if it's like designed for it to be just overly pushed on us or on the youth, right? Um, that's my approach, and I feel like that's important. That music is. Um, you know, we giving them some good vibrations as opposed to I got the Draco, I got the AK-47, I'm going to shoot up these niggas who look like me, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather come with something that's dope and cool that, you know, reinforces positive uh, messaging, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And that's when I harken back and think on, like, Marvin Gaye's of the world, like the type of music that they make. How can I put a message like that into something that's new that's future forward you know that still lives with uh what is being played today Mm -hmm. and it's still dope and it's not corny you know what i'm saying it's right behind the line you know what i mean and that's my plight musically to figure out how to keep making like dope shit that's like not um detrimental right uh, psychologically mentally like you know what I mean so is that the space you're looking to tap into that's where you'd like to be yeah. that's the space and I don't want to be preachy not at all you know what I'm saying I ain't perfect at all you know
0: no but but I mean and, and it's not about being preachy I mean because look God obviously plays a key role in your life right and and he's a, a I always say a, a multiplying God as opposed to a God of addition, right? Um, can, can you actually remember yeah, yeah, did you like that? Did that that just hit you, right? L- let's do that one let's do that one more time. I said he's a multiplying God as opposed to a God of addition. So with that, can you remember a time when God multiplied on a situation that you never would have thought could be as big or as impactful when you were coming from a place of addition?
1: You coming with the hard hitters today? That's good. That's really good. Let me think. well so, so, I don't. I don't. I'm just. Man, I guess I'm just happy to still be living and doing this. The fact that I have breath in my body, the fact that I know that it's important to acknowledge that. Having a relationship, having a foundation in God that's deeply rooted because, you know, I know where my blessings come from. That's right. I would say that. That is multiplying. Absolutely. And speaking to that multiply aspect, it's like my duty to tell others. There you go. You know? There you go. It's your responsibility. Yeah, man. Randomly call friends, like you know, what I'm saying, and just you know, have you heard the good news of Jesus Christ?
0: In the feeling, that, 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 that's right. And and it's not about being preachy; it's about being real. Yeah. Like you, you said it earlier. I mean, you didn't not these exact words, but we're we're vessels of purpose, mm. right? That that are that are channeling the gifts that He's put in each one of us to highlight and show. And you, you've tapped into a number of them. Again, I can't say it enough. In, in a way that we have not seen, you are literally doing two of these major mediums um, at the same damn time, which is again, I'm enamored by. I've seen it physically, and just and then seeing it, you know, in the fit in the figurative sense of of just watching your journey. And I don't want that to go over people's head because I think I even learned. I think Basquiat was the closest one to this. I didn't even know Basquiat did music. Did you know that? Right. But he's known for, obviously, his amazing visuals, right? Mm -hmm. You've taken... uh, Look, and you're going to be on Basquiat level. We're we're putting that energy out there, and you're going to be on your own level. You're going to be on your own level. But again, that's a great bar to aspire for. Um, But the fact that you're doing that and music, which is something that he didn't fully come to that place, is amazing. And so as I look at this next chapter that you're ushering, I also know that you're working with, you know, the likes of a November Yellow, right? Um, and and I wanted to find out, you know, what pulled you towards being a part of, like, this new chapter of music coming from something like a November Yellow.
1: Yo, man, shout out to Jaha Johnson, man. Let's say that one more time. Shout out to Jaha Johnson. He's, like, I sing his praises often. Now I get into mm-hmm. it publicly because, I mean, we've been working musically for a short amount of time, but um, I already see the effects of, like, having a good team. I mm-hmm. somebody who, like, truly believes, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a blessing to have come, like, to have met him. And we met through art. He, he shout out to Ingrid for introducing him. Ingrid. Ingrid, you know what I'm saying? Love Ingrid. He introduced him to my work. I met him at the Butu Art Collective. Um, I had six pieces in there, one of which he he acquired. We met then, and ever since then, man, we've been, you know, we've been rocking, bro. It's like it's just it's just amazing to be a part of that. I had no idea when I met him, yeah, I had no idea who he was in the music space. That's right. Where I am doing art, still trying to get my music shit off, and I'm like, my girl just yesterday was like, it's crazy that you had said a prayer, man. I just need. It. She said my prayer back to me. She was like, All right, I just need one person to believe. I just need one person Come on, to believe. look, look at this. Look at this. Look. Now you got you got multiple people who believe and like who are helping. You know what I'm mean. It's amazing.
0: That sounds like a multiplying moment. That sounds like a multiplying moment.
1: There go. It is. It is. Shout out to Jaha, November Yellow, the whole team. You know what I mean? Savannah Kill, SD, all of them bro. I feel like I feel the love. I feel like
0: Well, it's it's your it's your it's your your next family. It's your new family. Family's always been a part of of your DNA. It's always been a part of your journey. I feel like this is the family for this chapter that it's going to prope- continue to propel you because the visionary that you have within a Jaha and what he's doing in that space aligns with everything that you stand for in terms of there's no boundaries and no box that you are to be put in, nor is there going to be with what Jaha is looking to create as he's always been an R&B soul and, and is going to revitalize, I feel, this genre. And I think somebody like you is going to be a... a a huge component of it because of the dimensions that you bring, which is so dope. Absolutely. I agree. And so with that, then I got to say, so so, how do you want to be remembered, though, for your work?
1: I want to be remembered really as someone who... as someone who was truly uh, unapologetically themselves through and throughout, you know what I'm saying? And what you're seeing visually for me and what you're hearing audibly is just really a culmination of who I am truly to my core. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm a black man who I just want to keep just contributing to the culture in a way that is not, you know, a detriment for a book, Like you know, because I know Bro, black black trauma sells, right? But how about black joy should be selling? Black joy should be black joy is important, and you know
0: joy is a birthright. My sister Grace hit me with that one, mm. and and like it it, it sounds so simple. Man. Joy is a birthright, and but I don't think it's something that we really lock into. We don't. We feel like we feel like joy is some luxury that you, not everybody's supposed to have or you're supposed to, you know, want for it, but really, do you deserve it? It's like, no, we all deserve then. Facts. We all do. Well, look, I I, I feel like we, we can go on for days um, with this, and I think you've shared so much, so much great insight, um, super inspiring, you're super humble, <laughs> which is a beautiful, beautiful thing because we really didn't go deep into just how how crazy you are on this music side from your production to now your artistry. But I, I hope people do their research and their due diligence just to see. And, and your artwork is obviously as a, 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 a main staple within the art culture and will continue to be, which is beautiful. We always close these sessions with cultivators like yourself with asking, you know, we we always make the correlation to, you know, uh, like this is very similar to farming, where farmers, you know, plant seeds and they nurture and they water them and they become these beautiful things. And so I would love to hear from you what three seeds you'd want to leave with the stewards of culture moving forward. Like what are these three things that you think are gonna be critical for us to really shape, hone in, um, value and respect culture moving forward? three elements that you think are going to be critical for that
1: okay love can it be cliche no yeah i mean
0: yes love it but this is real sometimes we got to get back to the foundation to the fundamentals
1: no you know what love grace and Positivity, yeah. no, it's bro. Come on, man. It's so like I could I could give you a thousand of them. I want to say uh, unity. Yo yeah, you know what I mean. But I'll, I'll leave it with that. Love, grace, positivity. As much from my well, three seeds.
0: Well, well, well. Thank you for being a reflection of those three seeds, first and foremost. And I ask that you continue to be a champion of that. And I ask that you continue to tap in to your greatness um, and and letting your voice be heard literally and figuratively um, and and continue to just push the envelope. What you're doing is amazing. You now have a community here of supporters um, to ensure that you continue to have a a broad platform to showcase what it is you have to offer because you, you are definitely here to help us be better. And I just wanted to thank you for that, bro. We truly appreciate your support because it helps us fulfill our mission of promoting cultural awareness and personal development. Please click the subscribe button below to help ensure and solidify our mission.